Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of OSI Today, the podcast featuring news and views from around the Office of Special Investigations. I'm Wayne Amon from OSI Public Affairs. As time passes, many ways of doing things change. Processes evolve or are replaced by more efficient methods. OSI is moving forward in its case management methodology with the implementation of the OSI Records, Investigations, and Operations Network, also known as Orion. And joining me to discuss the Orion program is the Director of the Digital Transformation Office and Orion Project Manager, Major Justin Soderlin. Major, welcome to OSI today. Great to have you with us. It's been a long time since you and I had a chance to uh, talk about things. Yeah, thanks, Mr. Amon. I uh, I miss being able to just swing by your office when we could do these things in person. So good to catch up with you and, and, and glad to be able to talk about this project with you. Right, right. Uh, yeah, welcome to the world of, uh, I guess, uh, uh, hopefully uh, sooner than later, uh, post-COVID and uh, teleworking, as they say. Um, now, before we get into some uh, Orion specifics, uh, let's lay some groundwork for our listeners, especially those not familiar with OSI. Uh, Major, could you first uh, give us kind of a thumbnail sketch on the history of criminal indexing in the federal government, what it is exactly, and how it's a uh, key component in uh, the case management process? Yeah, sure. So one of the first things I needed to do when I got started with this was learn, you know, why is it that we're even doing some of these things? Mm -hmm. And so it was quite the education, more so in like learning how much I don't know. Uh, about some of this, but it was it was fascinating to go back and look at how technology has allowed us to move along. So early 1900s, you know, the um, kind of Pulp Fiction novel style of FBI, the gumshoe or the G-Man right, uh, right. came out and, and all, all of that was paper. And you would, you would essentially create a case file and, and write it down and then you'd mail it in, uh, eventually getting to the Washington field office or its headquarters at the Hoover building. And they would file it away in the basement somewhere, and they needed to come up with a way of, of finding those files again right? Uh, for whatever reason. And then as technology improved and as you know, forensic scientists realized that, oh, wow, people's fingerprints and their DNA and their irises and all these other things are a unique signature for who that person is, we also evolved into what we now refer to as criminal indexing more so um for like an arrest record or something and so that's the kind of the colloquial traditional way we understand it now and so that fingerprinting and making that available across the u.s or even kind of globally was something that during the long tenure i guess towards the end of his tenure mr hoover was able to push forward into what we call the national crime information center Uh and so up until that point you know if you had committed a crime and got arrested and even convicted in california but we're driving through Illinois on your route to Washington, D.C., the, the law enforcement officer in Illinois would have no idea that, oh, my gosh, this was, you know, like a violent a felon from California who's right. wanted. And we should probably go ahead and, um, you know, roll them up. So right. so they recognize that as a serious problem. And, you know, the phone call back to the Hoover building to get switched through to a records person. You know, clearly that was uh, too tenuous of a process. So they sure. they spent lots of money to to begin to digitize those crime files, and so that would allow for you know that law enforcement officer to very rapidly make that phone call, and make that happen. Right. Um, and then in the, and and then throughout the advancement of technology, computers, the internet, our ability to network with each other. The DOJ put, you know, billions of dollars in, in investment into that National Crime Info Center, 
Right. We call and, NCIC. And, and of course, the DOJ is the uh, Department of Justice. Department of Justice, correct. Right. Yep. Right. And uh, who, who the FBI reports under. Uh, and so, so in the mid-90s, they, they went out to West Virginia, where they are now, and they've got a massive uh, you know, on-premise networking center where every law enforcement agency within the U.S., whether you're a local police department or you're a district attorney's office uh, and you're a clerk of court, if you have any anything that's related to any type of arrest or criminal investigation that meets the categories, you send your information to that office or to those computers in West Virginia. Uh-huh. And then, and then it's made available to any officer within their patrol car or, or wherever they have a, a web portal uh, to be able to, to uh, access that information. Right. So it sounds so, like, I was going to say, sir, it sounds like, uh, pardon me for the interruption, uh, like, you know, you've gone from that all paper uh, type of a, a system to a kind of a one-stop shop for uh, law enforcement. Is that a fair assessment? It is, and it, but it's been a long journey and it's not always been the cheapest or the, the easiest because as we link with, you know, our federal, our tribal, state, local counterparts, uh, you have to train everyone at all those levels as to what that system is, how do you access it, what do these things mean, and and as the evolution of technology goes forward, I think that we're going to be in a far better place so that when we do index someone, the accuracy is higher, we can avoid things like, you know, people accidentally being able to um, you know, not, not register someone correctly. So then if they do right, want to go purchase right. a firearm, but they're not, they're not allowed that they'll actually be where, um, you know, a system of record that will not allow them to do that, which is a great thing. Sure. Sure. Uh, now sticking to the, to the background van a little bit, major, uh, uh, what is the history of case management within OSI? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we started back in the forties, and we were following suit with kind of our federal counterparts like the FBI, where most of it was was uh, hard copy. And then we introduced things like typewriters and file cabinets, and then they turned into digital typewriters and word processors and things. So we've evolved along with our counterparts. And uh, we created some digital systems that would allow us to index like our, our subject names, our social security number, and the file number, and then... You know, that got us well into the 90s by doing that type of work. Right. And then in the 90s, we had a a general officer that was in charge of OSI that had kind of a premonition, you know, idea or vision for let's build a, a modern case management system that's networked so that all of our agents across our global community can record all of their information and attach right. all of their their things. And so they built what, you know, I didn't know this at the time, and I certainly did my fair share of complaining early on as an OSI agent about <laughs> our, our, you know, information investigative management system, right. our I2MS. Sure. Uh, and, and when we started doing our research, when we first received this project, we found that while this I2MS uh, is actually still a gold standard across the, uh, the community, um, mm-hmm. not just federally, but also at local and state levels. Right. Uh, just because the the way that it was structured, and so foundationally, you know, case management, we we associate activities, investigative activities that we do, the people that are connected to those activities, and then associate them to a file so that we can we can find them later on, we can search for things, or we can we can create reports to provide to our customers. Right. And so so I2MS was born and served us 
you know, I, I, you know, comparatively well and comparatively far less expensively uh, than most of our um, our counterparts. Until we realized that, okay, well, the way that the the Air Force network is structured doesn't really allow this throughput to get to our headquarters very quickly. It's really slow, and we can probably speed this up. And so we made some good investments Mm -hmm. into what we call web I2MS, which was essentially taking that desktop application and making it available through a website uh, so that it was faster, it was cleaner, uh, and we've continued to make adjustments as different needs, like our, you know, our requirements to report our criminal indexing to the FBI have changed, we've, we've made I2MS adjustments to, to be compliant in those categories. Right, right. Now, uh, uh, again, uh, for those who may have just joined us, uh, I2MS, the Investigative Information Management System, uh, ideally is the predecessor of the uh, Orion that's uh, being rolled out now by OSI. Uh, how did the, the search uh, come about to, uh, you know, show that uh, a review of I2MS can be uh, improved upon? Yeah, sure. So I, I moved to our headquarters in the, the spring of 2019 and right around that time frame, I think it was day two on the job. Right. Uh, the message got to me that uh, our current um, commander, Brigadier General Terry Bullard, had in, in a meeting, and, and I'm obviously probably embellishing this, I wasn't there, but I, how I imagine it is that he, he had offered as the general, like, I would like a new a modern case management system. I'd like it to be in the cloud. I would like it to be uh, offering mobile capacity for our agents that are mobile. Right. Uh, and I want to be able to connect to, to other mission partner systems. And I would like it to be, you know, how we field the, the digital OSI we need for the future. Right. And then have almost like a mic drop moment <laughs> because <laughs> the, uh, the, the complication, the amount of work, the, the things that would be required to make all of that happen. Um, you know, Mr. Raymond, some of that hasn't even been invented yet, uh, right, like a cross domain right. solution for some of our things. And so it was, I mean, the, the, the vision um, is certainly something we've been trying to get after ever since. And so right. what happened was um, uh, Dr. Sonderbrook, who is our, our deputy director, took on that initiative uh, and he grabbed a few of us from headquarters and, and brought us in. And, and through a series of meetings, we were able to, to further define what that mission was and that, what that vision was and how we could best use our headquarters resources to make that work. Right. And so, so Jeff Carlson, who really kind of spearheaded the effort at that point, um, he and I got a group of folks that were on loan from us from other areas. And we, we went on a research project across the federal government, across the state and local um, mission partners to find out like, what is case management? Uh, what, what type of things do we really even need? You know, so is this just, you know, lipsticking the pig that we've got, uh, yeah. you know, kind of historically, or is this like a fundamental rewrite? And so we had to learn things like what is cloud technology? What is on-premise network hosting and, and all these things well enough so that we could make some recommendations. And so uh, as a part of that process, we realized that, Oh, we probably still need a lot more than just a new application. If we're going to make this work, we need to do a digital transformation across our organization so that we are able to hire different skill sets than we have. Right. We need right. to be able to ask for funding in different ways than we've ever done. And, and also far more interesting to me is we have to inject 
agents and analysts and other you know, mission users and operators across OSI into the development process. So mm-hmm. we are building what they need. We're aware of what is coming down the pipe in terms of like emergent missions, or if Congress is asking us to do different things in OSI that we can we can be best prepared to respond to that either preemptively sure. or, or as soon as we can. Right, right. Now, you, you, met, you touched uh, uh, on to my next question then, Major, uh, about how digital transformation uh, enters in going from I2MS to Orion. Uh, again, is it fair to say that uh, going into a digital transformation process uh, uh, with Orion deals with uh, kind of a, a different type of mindset that then uh, uh, was previously uh, utilized for case management? Um, I would, I would offer yes, uh, mostly because we have to approach software development differently Ah, I see. by doing this. And so the timing was, was perfect and nobody had planned this. Um, but the timing was perfect where the, the air force was recognizing and kind of pushing through its innovation channels and kind of these buzzwordy ecosystems that they're trying to create that digital transformation needed to be like a thing people were doing. Right. So, um, and so we were able to get on the absolute ground floor on a new acquisition vehicle that they created to do strategic transformation like this. Uh-huh. And so we were able to, um, for extremely cheap in comparison to some other acquisition models, get started on a, a low code, no code platform. Right. of development, which uses, and, and kind of the, the word that gets busted about has a lot of meanings is, is agile development. Right. Right. And so, and so just like, basically as we're doing that, what that means is that we have a team of OSI agents and analysts that are embedding with our developers several times a week at a minimum. And we are asking questions like what, from the very beginning, like what do we need to do to document an activity? Like how does a how does a user go about their day, and when do they need to start documenting things? Right. And then we we chose a platform that's dynamic enough where, with relative ease, they're able to make adjustments in the system, so that as we look at it, we're like, no, I don't really like that. Can we move this over here? Or that wizard has me entering information twice, and I only want to enter in that information one time. Right, or, right. you know, as we adjust for, you know, OSI is, is, is changing how we um, approach things like domestic violence and sexual harassment in ways that we haven't before. And so we're able to get our case management system to reflect the change in that language, the change in that mission with user acceptance along the development cycle. And so in the past, what would happen is we would write a book of things that we needed to do. Right. Like needs to be able to capture the name of the subject needs to be able to capture the middle name of the subject needs to capture you know, the, the um, social security of number of the subject and, and on and on and on. Yeah, so you've sure, essentially sure. got this book that's massive and then the developer would get it and they say, okay, I think I know what this means. Yeah. And you get it and it's nothing would like you want. And so now you got to go back <laughs> and say, guys, this, this is terrible. This doesn't do anything like I would, was expecting it to. Let's begin again. Um, right. So you end up playing tennis uh, with that, and that takes a really long time. And as a part of our research project, we saw that some of those efforts were 10 to 15 years in the making, and they wow. still weren't happy with it. Uh-huh. And, 
and they would add one to two zeros in scale of cost right, um, right. to that budget, um, which was obviously way outside our opportunity. Right. Now, you, you touched on that word uh, agile or agility. Uh, you know, that ties into my next question as far as how important is it for the Orion project to be agile in its evolutionary development? I think you, you, you explained it pretty well just now, but if you can maybe amplify on that, uh, again, given the, uh, ever changing law enforcement landscape, agility seems to be, uh, one of the, one of the hallmarks that this, this program will, will offer, uh, the, the command. Yeah. Well, we're certainly going to do our best to, to provide that because, uh, in most of, where technology is going, where a lot of the attention space of where our airmen and guardian and, and our adversaries are at is in the virtual environment or the crimes they're committing, whether it's, you know, on the counterintelligence espionage type of front or on the, you know, typical um, criminal violations, as we understand in law enforcement, um, have digital, have digital evidence or digital trails. And so right. we've got to be able to pivot to be able to keep up with the new schemes and the new methods of crime. Uh, and we've got to be able to do that with our, with our system. And then as we develop new operational activities to, to combat things like technology protection and, uh-huh. you know, that, that pathway to violence or destructive behaviors, we, we need the ability to, not only interact with our mission partners to share right. accurate information, but we need the ability to collaborate across our command because some of these things require system level subject matter experts. Like, you know, how do you gather good evidence off the dark web? That's yeah. Um, yeah. That has any evidentiary value that you can take to court. Sure. Well, not sure. every, not, you know, we certainly can't afford to have every agent to learn how to do that in depth, but we can afford some. Right. And so if we can right. create a system that's agile enough to allow for collaboration and allow for those emerging mission sets, we're going to be ready uh, to posture so that when the Air Force says, hey, OSI, can you please do this for us? We're going to be able to pivot and say yes right. um, and do so in a, in, you know, in, a, in a far more timely manner than we could before. Sure. Uh, speaking of time and effort uh, by the many folks who have, uh, you know, given to this uh, uh, project initiative, uh, is it possible to quantify, uh, Major, as far as uh, just how much progress has been made over the course of the Orion project from, uh, you know, from an idea to, uh, to where we stand today? Um, well, I can give it a shot. So <laughs> the, initial, the initial look that we have is, is to see if we can create the ability to run what we call our traditional law enforcement um, investigations like we do in I2MS, uh, but, but with some enhancements within the Orion system. So we're very right. close to that. Okay. And so we've made, we've made some feature improvements and we're still in the process of, of getting some user acceptance testing from not only field users, but then also at our headquarters level and at our operational oversight at, at what we call our center. Right. Um, making sure that it actually meets their needs and that we're willing to make some of these improvements, whether it's, you know, a policy restriction or honestly a, a policy alleviation is what I'm hoping for. Right. Right. And, and so we're excited to be able to, to show those to more users to see if it, if it meets the the muster of what they're actually hoping for. Sure. Um, and so I think we're ready there. It includes things like being able to run a basic uh, applicant investigation uh, for anyone that's applying to become an OSI agent or analyst or uh-huh. staff member. Right. 
Um, and it includes the ability to connect to other systems. Like we, uh, we like to be able to verify someone's uh, personal information against other DOD systems of record. Right. And, and so we've done some of those things, uh, the ability to query other systems for important investigative information. Uh-huh. Um, so some of those integrations have been completed and tested. And, and so now our, our, one of our bigger hurdles is, aside from the software development, is getting ourselves established into the Air Force's cloud um, that they call Cloud One. Right. And so this involves a, a high level of approvals and bureaucracy that you know, just to make sure that we've got good cybersecurity that our data is where we want it to be, that it's actually the data <laughs> that we right, think it is. Right, right. And that we've 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 locked down the permissions so that users are able to log in and access what they need, but not unintentionally access things they shouldn't, or you know, God forbid we've got some type of insider threat scenario. Um, sure, so sure. A, a lot of like complicated things that I had never anticipated. Uh, because I, I couldn't possibly understand the complexity that thankfully we've been able to bring on some good help to help us walk through some of those <laughs> Well, well it, yeah. it, does, it, does, it does require a team effort. And, and obviously it sounds like you've assembled uh, quite a team uh, to work on this with you. Um, yeah, so the command has been quite generous in some areas. Uh, we have thousands of hours of agents dialing in and, and providing their feedback and their insights as to how they'd like some things to look or function and, and things of that nature. Uh-huh. So we are appreciative of just kind of a large worldwide effort across the command um, to make this work. Right. Now, uh, try to grab your crystal ball if you can for a second, Major. Uh, in forecasting ahead, I know people, uh, you know, you know, looking ahead is, is always, uh, uh, you know, not an exact science, but uh, what do you think OSI can expect from the Orion Project as 2022 unfolds this year? Yeah, so, I, I mean, we anticipate agents on phones, tablets, keyboards, uh, accessing Orion to be able to do um, some of their work. And so to the extent that they're able to run their actual um, investigation, we'll rely on some approval authorities within the Pentagon. And so we do know that we are, um, we're looking for a rollout strategy to start as early as this spring mm-hmm. to make sure that people are able to go in test it, make sure that their profile is the way they want it to start, um, looking at, okay, does this make sense? Do I know how to use this? How much training do I think I really need? And so what we're hoping for is that the system will be intuitive enough that users won't require a, you know, a training course or a long, um, you know, walkthrough session or user guide. But, um, you know, the metaphor we've been using is, hey, if if you've driven a car, when you go to rent a different car, do you do you pull up the user manual and kind of walk through it or you just kind of get started and, and, and drive. And what we're hoping to do is develop something that's intuitive enough where uh, the transition will be um, fairly easy and that right. um, it'll have some, you'll see some immediate benefits as to, you know, why are we doing this upgrade? Sounds like the end game major is uh, for this, uh, uh, for Orion to be as usual as user friendly for agents as possible. Yeah, so I think you asked a good question as to like, what is the mindset change that needs to occur if OSI actually wants to do a digital transformation? Right. And I think that that question you just asked is exactly it. We we need to look at technology more like we would, you know, like a weapon system or something where it's it's for the user. It's for um, 
how, you know, how do we make their life easier? How do we give them more tools and a field of capability for them versus, um, you know, how do we meet some type of, uh, you know, cheaper or, you know, like off the shelf type of like, just do this because this is what we have. And right. So being that, that that new tech stack is available for us, um, that's the shift that we want uh, to make happen so that users are able to say, wow, our headquarters, you know, maybe they do uh, care about what we want. Maybe they are paying attention <laughs> to, to what we need. And then, yeah. and of course it's, then of course we have to apply that. Well, guys, we also have a budget. We also have limited people. Oh, sure. Um, and that expectation management. And I always love to throw out there like, Hey, the concept I think is fantastic, yeah. but you know, kind of believe it when you see it and, you know, ho- hope for big things. But then also um, the challenge we have is, we just are going to need constructive feedback. And so yeah. we're, we're looking to provide some opportunities and channels for people to do that as they, uh, they get access to the system. I see. Uh, I was going to, before we wrap things up, uh, is there anything else you'd like to add? And one thing I wanted to ask uh, before we do wrap up, uh, you just touched on it, I think, uh, uh, in the uh, embryonic stage of this project of Orion, uh, is uh, the uh, management of expectations uh, uh, also on the table uh, as far as this is concerned? Well, I think it will be. I mean, we're going to continue our education uh, that we've been doing in so far as we've been giving our senior leaders sneak peeks, and we're going to continue to give some of those demos. We do have a large group of users across the command that are are logging into our test environment to see where we're at. Uh-huh. And we're as we facilitate our rollout, we'll, we will be loading everybody's accounts in so that they're able to get in and see it. Uh, and provide that feedback um, very to good. make that work. Very, yeah. very good. Uh, again, sir, before we wrap up, uh, is there anything you'd like to add? No, I just appreciate the time and I appreciate the, uh, you know, the field and like a lot of the things that they're doing and, and up channeling that, Hey, this is a need we have, like, this is a real need that if I'm stuck entering information a bunch of times and I got to go all these different systems and I'm swiveling my chair around, I'm not able to be actually out extracting, you know, truth or evidence or whatever from human beings or the physical surroundings they have. So we look forward to, to providing some, a different way of looking at that. And I'm just excited to get the ideas from those folks like, Hey, could we do this? Like, would this work? And so we've been operating out of our kind of our shell here. And when this thing goes live, I'm just excited to see what, what those folks are able to come up with to, to make this truly what they need. Uh, versus just our thoughts of it so right it should it should be exciting no doubt about that Mm -hmm. our guest has been major justin soderland the director of the digital transformation office and orion project manager major again thanks for taking the time to join us and for the education on orion it was great to speak with you today yeah great thanks and thanks to all of you listening for tuning in for osi today i'm wayne amon saying so long for now